Welcome to Fuel Training. In this podcast, we hear from Matt Summerfield, Executive Director of Urban Saints, sharing on discipling young people. Is everyone all right? Okay, let's dive in. I'm going to talk for about 15 minutes or so, hopefully, max, and then we'll have a little bit of time for questions, and then we'll grab a final drink and go in for the last session, but thanks very much for being here for this. Um, We're thinking about discipling young people, and I guess the starting point on this that I want to say is the importance of us taking the command of Jesus seriously, which we all know is in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, the last thing that Jesus ever said to his disciples before he left to heaven, go into all nations, uh, that the, the Greek word meaning tribes, people groups, and make disciples. And I think this is a real challenge for churches, actually, with adults and young people, for individuals, you and me, to own that for ourselves. I think it's very easy for us to think that's kind of someone else's job. Maybe J. John will lead someone to Christ or Billy Graham and, and someone else will do it. And, and yet Jesus doesn't let us off the hook. It's our job to make disciples. It's, it's what Jesus commands us to do and to take that responsibility seriously. It's, it's a command. And when Jesus says it, what, what's he talking about? What is a disciple? And um, you know, The word disciple essentially means an apprentice, a learner, someone who is learning to be like Jesus. When Jesus Jesus invites his followers to follow him, he's essentially saying, embrace my way of life, live like I live, do what I do, speak how I speak, embrace my character. Scripture tells us numerous times in the New Testament that the goal of our faith is to become Christ-like. And the more like Jesus we become, the closer we become as his disciples, as his followers, and therefore his mission becomes our passion. Um, And so that's what this is all about. When we talk about making disciples, we're talking about learners and apprentices we have to own that for ourselves we have to think to ourselves are we learning are we apprenticing are we becoming more like Jesus and then how are we helping others do the same I had a a friend of mine called Alex who's now with the Lord and his mission in life was to know Christ better than I do and to be more like him than I am and I think that's a great commitment for our lives really to basically say you know if if we're all here eating donuts in a year's time at the next fuel evening uh, in in March 2014 let's say I hope I can say to you you know I know Christ better in 2014 than I did in 2013 and I'm more like him in March 2014 than I am right now that I'm more loving and I'm more joyful and I'm more peaceful I'm a man of patience good kind gentle uh, faithful self-controlled the character of Christ the fruits of the spirit I'm more like Jesus which is the goal of our discipleship so that's what we're talking about when we talk about this how are we forming Christ in ourselves becoming more like Jesus ourselves and how are we helping others uh, to do the same and we do that uh, for this very reason that the only thing that you can take to heaven with you is people and and the challenge for me on this um, is does my diary reflect that and so if I look at my diary does my diary say actually the only thing I can take to heaven with me is a good job or a nice car the only thing I can take to heaven with me is my A-level results um, you know what is my what is my diary full of and, and I'm feeling exercise we, we've talked a little bit about this uh, as a team about sometimes I want to say to some of our young people who are very academic and do very well I'd rather you got a C in maths and an A in following Jesus 
because that's what keeps you for all eternity. Now, you know, I know there are sensitivities. You may be a parent saying, that would be outrageous. Well, I have teenage kids, and so I want them to do well at their A-levels, and I want them to do well in their degree and all that stuff. But when it comes to it, what really counts is what you do for Christ and your relationship with God. And... Um, and so I'm challenged about that. Do I really get that, that the only thing I can take to heaven with me is people? And so how do we start to move towards living a discipled life? Um, so the first thing, I want to mention five or six things really, really quickly. first thing is about spotting potential in people. Um, you cannot disciple 60 people. You cannot disciple 20 people. Uh, Jesus had an approach. He called 12. And even within the 12, he singled out three to have a very close relationship. And it's, it's an interesting study. I'd encourage you to do it. To look at the number of times in the gospel where Jesus particularly takes, apart, takes uh, John and James and Peter out of the rest of the group to spend some special time. They get these amazing experiences with Jesus. And, and, and it's interesting, isn't it, that in, on the night that Jesus was betrayed that we're coming up to on Monday, Thursday, that Jesus challenges about, can you not stay awake on this night? It's not to 12 disciples, it's to the three that he's most of the invest, uh, invested most of his time in. Uh, Jesus has radar for people. He's looking at potential. He, he's choosing people who he thinks are teachable and who are humble and have servant hearts and want to learn and want to grow. And, and so you, I'm aware you've got to go where the life is. And so you've got to pray, and I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will show me um, a child, two or three children or young people, who I can pour my life into, and who want to learn, and who want to grow, want to be accountable. Because if they don't, there's no point. There's no point. Jesus called these guys, and they were committed to be learners. And so he was able to teach them and help them be a disciple of his. And so we need radar for potential. I've got three guys. Uh, I've got uh, a new guy, Ben, who's not yet a Christian. He's 17 years old. I have a guy who's 16. His name's Joshua. And a guy who's Will, and his, uh, he's 15 years old. And, and again, those relationships have come about just through radar, through just God connecting those relationships and me saying to them, um, this is what I can do. This is what we can do in terms of discipleship. Are you up for that? Are you willing to be accountable? Are you willing to be challenged? Are you willing to change? And if they are, it's all well and good. That's the first thing. Second thing is, it's going to cost you time. And this is perhaps the biggest challenge for us more than anything. It's the one that we acutely feel. Um, you know, in this church, probably your church too. Paul writes to uh, the church in Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 8. He says to the church, we loved you so much, we didn't just give you the gospel, but we gave you our lives. And again, the model of discipleship that Jesus shows us is life on life. And, and I honestly believe that as, as important all of our groups are, and we run various groups in this church, and I'm sure you do as well for different age groups. Um, the ultimate deep-level discipleship, genuine accountability, getting into people's secret life and helping them be released and experience God's freedom, you cannot do on a Sunday morning. You can't do it in your youth group on a Friday. It's, it's, it's life-on-life stuff. It's meeting in coffee shops. It's, it's all of that kind of stuff where you, you spend time and you hang out. And, uh, you know, I was, I was sharing just recently a story of a guy called Joe Jones who, uh, about 40 years ago, 50 years ago nearly, became a follower of Jesus at the age of 13. And uh, he became a follower of Jesus at a camp, went back to see his youth leader who said to him, Joe, what do you want to give your life to now that you're a follower of Jesus? And this guy said, I, I want to plant churches all across Africa. I really feel that God's called me to do that. 13 years old. 
And so John Mercer, uh, who is now in his 80s, legend of a guy still working with young people all those years later, said, okay, Joe, well, if, that, if that's what you believe, then I'm going to disciple you, and I'm going to grow you, I'm going to prepare you for that. And so John Mercer met Joe Jones four times a week to grow him and disciple him, twice in the group that they ran and twice outside of it. And I met Joe Jones for the first time last year in a sweaty marquee in uh, North Wales, where he stood in front of 120 people to say that he and his wife had just returned from decades and decades of planting churches all across Africa. Why? Because of this guy, John Mercer, who poured his life into him and prepared him and trained him up. Now, when you listen to that, and I listen to that, I think four times a week, I'm struggling to do once a fortnight at the moment, and I am struggling to do once a fortnight, but I honestly believe that if I really want to impact the lives of these guys, really impact their lives, do life on life, I've got to see them ideally weekly take an hour or so out of them a week. And, and that's the challenge of time, isn't it? That we're too busy. And maybe the reality is we're too busy. Maybe that's the reality. And one of the things we, we've even talked about it, you know, more recently in our group, in our own group here, you know, would it be better that we scrap everything else and every leader just has three kids that they disciple? And that's what we do. And we train up these guys to reach all their friends. Who knows? I don't think we're brave enough to do that yet. But it takes time. What does your diary reflect? Thirdly, the, the shalom of the gospel. Be holistic. When we think about discipling people's lives, we want to be holistic. And this word shalom, uh, the uh, Hebrew word for peace, it doesn't mean the absence of strife. It means wholeness, well-being. Whenever you see this word peace in the Bible, that's what it's talking about. Across every aspect of life, that the God that we serve wants you to be physically whole, relationally whole, emotionally whole, mentally whole, spiritually whole, right across every aspect of life. And so when, when you're discipling someone, you are right to be asking, are you sleeping well? Are, are you eating well? Are you exercising? How are you looking after your body? It's an important question. How are you getting on with your parents? How are you getting on with your friends? How are you getting on with your enemies? It's a relational question. Um, it's an emotional question. Are, are there issues of jealousy or greed or self-esteem or anger or unforgiveness that are unresolved that we need to uh, see the Bible and the Spirit of God bring freedom to? There are, there are thinking issues, issues of the mind. What are you feeding your mind? What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you taking in? Are you taking in things that are unhelpful? Paul says, whatever is lovely and pure and perfect, think on these things. What are you feeding your mind? It's about our spiritual lives, our relationship with God. Hey, how do we help you form spiritual disciplines, getting into scripture, praying, uh, the, the different breadth of ways of connecting with God? It's all of those things. It's not just, are you going to heaven? It's how do we get more of heaven into you right now? Across the whole of your life. It's, it's holistic. Fourthly, it's about asking questions and, and taking time to help our children and young people think. It's the main way that Jesus seems to do it. He asks lots of questions. And, uh, and there's a helpful mentoring tool called the Grow Tool, which is I, I find quite a helpful way of thinking about this stuff. So, so the, the, the Grow Tool basically stands for this. So when you're talking to someone, the G stands for goals. So you talk to someone, you say, like, what's the goal that you've got maybe in relation to your parents or your Bible reading or uh, an issue you have with friendship or sharing of your faith? What's the goal? The R stands for reality. What's actually happening now? So you've got this goal, but what's happening now? The third, uh, the O, stands for two things, really. It stands for obstacles, 
i.e. What, what's getting in the way, but also options. What are some of the options that you have to overcome those obstacles and see your goal realized? And then the W stands for two things. Again, it stands for way forward, so i.e. which of these options are you going to pick? And then will. How committed are you to really own this? How committed are you to do that? And I think that's a helpful way of starting to get young people thinking about uh, their discipleship goals and things that they want to own across all of these different facets, physical, relational, spiritual, emotional, all of these things. So we're asking questions and we're drawing stuff out and then we're taking time to listen. And uh, those of you who know me will know this can be a challenge for someone like me because I always feel I've got my ready answer to someone's question. You know, you start speaking and before you're finished, I know what I'm going to say. And, uh, and a number of us here, we went on a course once that talked about active listening, which is all about really listening to someone and not thinking of your answer until they've finished. Really devoting your full energy and attention to someone. It's a very, very powerful thing, actually, to listen, to, to really deeply listen to someone. And, and in the context of listening, we've got to not be afraid of silence. Sometimes you might ask a young person something and, and they don't know. Don't, don't give them the answer. Let them think about it. Let them wrestle with it. Draw stuff out of them. Because the more stuff that we draw out of our children and young people, the more stuff they will own for themselves and think through themselves. That's what it means to be a learner. And then finally, the thing about the series and the films Mission Impossible, if you've seen any of them, is that they never were impossible, were they? Because they achieved them. But they were really difficult and they were really stretching and they drew a lot out of the cast. And this whole thing about discipleship is active, isn't it? It's not just classroom or coffee shop. It is how do we release children and young people into the mission of God now? How do we get their faith to come alive? How do we help them live out their faith in school, run CUs, get involved in the life of the church? How do we give them genuine responsibility now? How do we move them from a spectating faith to a participating faith? when they're actually involved in the mission of God. Because again, that's how Jesus does it, doesn't he? He sends out the 12, he sends out the 72, he gives them some basic instructions. They go and do it, they come back, sometimes it works, and they say, wow, it was amazing, God, we cast out demons, we did all this stuff. And even then, Jesus says, okay, that's great, but don't miss the point. The most exciting thing is that your name is written in the book of life. And sometimes they come back and they say, we prayed for this guy and, and nothing happened. And Jesus challenges them about their faith and actually that sometimes in the supernatural realm there is prayer and fasting that's required to unleash stuff. Jesus is constantly sending them out, bringing them back, evaluating, training them, sending them out. How are we doing that? And I guess I'm challenged by the fact that if Josiah was king at the age of seven years old of a whole nation, then how much more should we not be training seven and 12 and 14 year olds to be the prince and princesses of their schools if Josiah can be the king of a whole nation? You know, how are we doing that? Why, you know, how are we releasing that? And so the challenge for us is, are we doing this ourselves? Are we embracing that? I want to know Christ better than I do. I want to be more like him than I am. I am a disciple of Jesus. I'm an apprentice. I'm committed to embrace more of the work of the Spirit to make me more like Jesus. And as the good news becomes good news to me, it becomes good news through me into the life of others. And I'll have radar for them and I'll invest my life in them. Why? Because the only thing you can take to heaven with you is people. 
it's the greatest investment you can make. And so, you know, I hope that you, as I am trying to, will reevaluate all of your diaries and figure out how you can make space for the most important thing of all, which is to help maybe even just one person, a Joe Jones, become a follower of Jesus who will go on to lead thousands and thousands of people to Jesus. Amen? Amen. So we've got a few, literally a few minutes. Um, questions, comments, thoughts, challenges, personal experience, <coughs> anything that people have got. Are we all literally brains full? We're all good. Awesome. In 20 minutes I answered every question. <laughs> if only that were true. But uh, Cool. Well, guys, thank you very much for uh, being a part of this. That's great. Um, if you want to go downstairs, grab a final drink and stuff. Hopefully, there'll be someone there to serve. If not, I'll be down in just a moment. And then we're all together for the last uh, session together. And. Uh thank you for listening to this Fuel Training podcast. Our next Fuel Training evening will be on Tuesday, the 24th of September. More details to follow shortly.